0: is a message I want you to experience. And I pray that it makes a big difference in your life. Amen. During World War II, a young soldier by the name of Daniel Webster of the 101st Airborne Division wrote to his mama. And he said, Mama, don't worry about me. I joined the Army. To fight, I intend to fight, and if need be, I'll die fighting. Don't worry about me, Mama, because no war is won without young men dying. He went on to write things which are precious are only saved by sacrifice what a profound statement and how true is that of our salvation you see if you and I are going to experience the eternal joy and the eternal peace with our Creator God then listen carefully someone had to sacrifice and that someone was Jesus. To do that, Jesus didn't just ignore your sin. Jesus didn't sweep your sin under the rug. Jesus didn't just brush it off. Jesus didn't try to hide it Because God the Father would have never settled for that. Instead, Jesus took your sin upon his body and through his blood offered you an incredible gift the gift of forgiveness of all your sins. Things that are precious are only saved by sacrifice. Can I tell you this morning, you are precious in the sight of God. Friends, that should make you feel good today. You are precious in the sight of God. And if God's Son dying for you doesn't prove that he loves you, you need to get your head examined. Amen? And so today, we celebrate an execution. It's an execution that seems so foolish. It's an execution that seems so thoughtless. An execution that seems so doggone heartless. Yet we know that our salvation depends on the fact that Jesus died on a cross. But let us never forget how horrible it was. Friend, don't ever forget how outrageous the execution of Jesus really was. Because you see, over time, if you're anything like me, the sacrifice of Christ can make me kind of a little unsympathetic. Sometimes I... I get a little insensitive to the sacrifice of the Lord. Sometimes I get unresponsive to what Jesus did for me on the cross. The truth is, there are times where I've heard the story so many times that I just get a little numb to it all. But I want you to listen to me very carefully this morning. The events that I'm going to describe to you today are real. They are real and they occurred, they happened to the only Son of God. And in the events that I'm going to share, we're going to find out how, say how. We're going to find out how Jesus provided us with salvation we begin by finding out that God's son submitted to the cross in John chapter 19 in verse 16 the Apostle writes then he Pilate delivered him Jesus to them the Jews to be crucified, so they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the Place of the Skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side, Jesus in the middle. Now, Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, King of Nazareth of the Jews and then many of the Jews read this for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Hebrew Greek and Latin therefore the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate do not write the king of the Jews but write he said I am the king of the Jews but Pilate answered and said I have written what I have written and then the soldiers when they had crucified Jesus took his garments, made four parts to each soldier apart, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one piece. And they said therefore among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled that says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore, the soldiers did these things. Now stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. Moms, look at me. Imagine this being your child. There stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, also Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold, your son. And he said to the disciple, behold, your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Friends, what you need to remember is that in Roman society, a crucifixion is was sickening entertainment first of all the criminals were marched the long way through town carrying a 100 pound wooden beam on their shoulders and the soldiers always made them go the long way so they could show the public that crime doesn't pay but in jesus's case he was so weak By the beating, by the whipping, and by the scourging, he was physically unable to carry this 100-pound beam, and a bystander was ordered to help. Now, during this parade, the soldiers made the criminals carry signs describing their crimes. Jesus' sign read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Isn't it interesting that of all the things they did wrong that day, they got one thing right. Jesus is rightly declared the king. What an incredible truth that even from the cross, Christ rules. Even in death, the son of God is the king. But listen, friend, whatever you do today, never lose sight of the fact that this man nailed to a cross is no less than the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Son of God. Now, when the parade finally entered entered, and ended at Golgotha, Jesus found that the vertical stake was already in the ground. Nails are driven here so that his wrist bones would keep the flesh from ripping and would hold him to the cross. Now the horizontal beam was raised up to the top of the vertical stake and while Jesus is hanging freely, The soldiers took a 12-inch spike, put his foot one on top of the other, and nailed that spike through both feet to the vertical stake. Here is your king, nailed to a cross. Here, friend, is your king suffering the shame and humiliation of being crucified with other criminals that deserve their crucifixion. And then the final disgrace. They stripped him down completely naked as he hung on that cross. And they gambled his clothes. Here is your king naked and nailed to a criminal's cross. And while most of the followers of Christ scattered like cockroaches we find that there were a handful of faithful few that stood by the Lord. There were four Marys and only one apostle. The one whom Jesus loved or the one who authored the gospel we just read from. But at this moment, While Jesus is in the midst of his suffering, he offers tender instructions to the only apostle who would stick by him. And his instruction was, take care of my mama. And to his mama, he said, take care my friend. He imparts the responsibility of the firstborn son to his, son, his disciple, the apostle John. And now, Jesus hangs on that cross, dying. And in doing so, He submits his body so that you and I could be saved. As the deacons now come forward to prepare the Lord's table, I want to just remind you that as we distribute this bread, Jesus set it apart as a symbol of his body which was given for you. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for seeing our need and setting your son upon a mission that only he could accomplish. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for submitting your body to the cross so that we could be saved. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, Luke twenty two nineteen, 19, the Bible says, and he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me, let's partake. Friends, not only did Christ submit his body to the cross, but we also know that we're saved because God's son surrendered while he was on the cross. In Luke chapter 23, in verse 33, the Bible says, And when they had come to the place called Calvary, they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand, the other on the left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots, and the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, he saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. And then the inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, in Hebrew, this is the king of the Jews. And one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and save us. But the, others, the other answering rebuked him saying, do you not even fear God seeing that you are under the same condemnation? We indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when I come into your kingdom, when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands. I commit my spirit. Max Lakeda once wrote, Nails don't hold God's to crosses. Jesus stayed on that cross voluntarily. At any moment he could have chosen to be released, but he refused. He stayed in the midst of this heavenly battle for you and for me. He stayed on the cross to bear the world's sin all alone. And it's at this moment that Jesus suffered perhaps his worst humiliation. Because it's at this moment when the sins of mankind are placed on his body, that the Father turned his back on him. So as your sin and mine was laid on the sinless sacrifice, the Father in his perfect holiness could stand it no longer. So God, in his infinite holiness, Refuse to be even in the presence of sin. So let me get this right. In order for me to have the hope of being delivered from my own sin, the father turned away from his own sin-soaked son. For you to have the hope of heaven... Christ willingly gave up that which he had never been without. Fellowship with the Father. For you to have the hope of eternal life, Christ willingly gave up that intimate fellowship with our Heavenly Father that he always had. He did that for you. He did that for you. And the Gospels tell us that it was unbearable. Matthew says that with a broken heart and a parched body, Jesus cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God why have you forsaken me? We can be saved, friend, because Christ submitted his body to the cross, but also because Christ surrendered his blood while on the cross. And now as our deacons prepare to distribute the cup, I want you to be reminded that this cup which with you will partake was the symbol that Jesus set forth a new covenant in his blood. Trove is at last. I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross. Let us pray. Father God, once again, we come before you. Recognizing our need. Recognizing that you're the only one that could do anything about it. And we as a body of Christ are so eternally grateful that you recognized our debt and knew there was only one way to pay it. It had to come through the blood of Of your one and only son. We thank you and we remember that today. In his name we pray. And all God's people said. "Amen." In Luke 22 verse 20. The Bible says likewise he took the cup after supper. Saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Which is shed for you. So, today we've seen that for us to be saved, the Lord Jesus submitted his body to the cross. He surrendered his blood while on the cross. But you need to know something this morning. You need to know that God's Son succeeded by the cross. Back to John chapter 19, in verse 28, John writes, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished that the scripture might be fulfilled he said I thirst now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they filled a sponge with sour wine and they put it on a hyssop and put it up to his mouth so that when Jesus had received the sour wine he said it is finished say that with me It is finished and bowing his head he gave up his spirit so after he was given some sour wine the lord jesus the son of god declares the work the father had given him declared the mission that he was given completed it was finished and friend you need to know this is not some cry of submission this is a shout of victory Jesus was saying, it is finished. It stands finished. This mission is complete. This is finished, and it always will be finished. See, when Jesus shed his blood on the cross, he completely met every righteous demand of God's law and therefore paid our debt in full. Paid our sin debt in full. There was not one Old Testament sacrifice that could take away a single sin. The only Old Testament sacrifice, all they did was cover sin with the blood of that animal. But the Bible is clear that the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus, can take away the sins of the world. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 26, the Bible tells us that he, Jesus, came once for all time to put away the power of sin forever. Say that. Forever by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus said, mission accomplished. The work is done. It is finished. Your sin debt is paid in full. Now we know that after criminals were crucified they normally took their bodies and they just threw them out on the garbage heap outside the city. But that's not the story with Jesus. We find that two men came out of hiding and the Bible describes them as good and righteous men. But up to this point the devotion of Joseph of Amarathia and the Pharisee Nicodemus to Jesus has been silent. Can I ask you a question this morning? Has your devotion to Jesus been silent? Exactly how willing are you to speak the name of Jesus in your circle of friends how willing are you to have a gospel conversation when you're at work how willing are you to tell someone what Jesus accomplished all mankind if they would only believe. If not, why not? Are you scared? Are you fearful? That was the problem with Joseph and Nicodemus. The Bible says that Joseph or Amarthea being a disciple of Christ, but listen to this, but secretly, can you be a disciple of Jesus secretly? But Joseph being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. And so he came and he took The body of Jesus and Nicodemus who at first came to Jesus by night also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes about a hundred pounds and they took the body of Jesus, bound it in strips, carried it to a place where he was crucified where there was a garden and in that garden a new tomb and so there they laid Jesus for that tomb was nearby What exactly did Joseph and Nicodemus fear? What exactly is it that you fear? Did they fear that they would have to change? Probably. Did they fear that they might be ridiculed as a follower of Jesus? Probably. Did they fear they would be persecuted? Most likely. Did they fear they might be socially cast out? Probably. Does all those reasons sound familiar to you? Imagine if every one of us here today had a conversation this past week where we mentioned the name of Jesus. It'd be some 50 or 60 so gospel conversations where somebody might have been saved. But I fear that we're scared. I fear that we're trying to be a secret disciple. And listen carefully. There ain't no such thing I pray today you have renewed your appreciation for what Jesus has done and it's motivated you to do what Christ has called us all to do. To go therefore and make disciples. To tell somebody the good news that they can be saved because Jesus submitted to the cross Surrendered while he was on the cross. And praise God, he succeeded by the cross. So you could be saved. The Bible says, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Listen to me. Haven't you waited long enough? Haven't you waited long enough? Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray that this morning if there is one soul here today that has been waiting and waiting and waiting and putting off what he or she knows to be true, that you submitted to the cross, you surrendered your blood while on the cross,